Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Hi, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. Texans Colts, Saturday night, 715. Kickoff, Seth and I get you started at 415 on uh, Texans Countdown. Uh, So... Will Kunkel tweeted this out. Will Kunkel, Fox 26, tweeted this question out yesterday about the, uh, the Texans and the Colts on um, Saturday night and posed the question, if the Texans beat the Colts in a do-or-die game for the playoffs, will it be the biggest win in franchise history? I, I think the, the beginning of this argument, come, a lot of it for a lot of people, Seth, it just comes down to, can a regular season game be the biggest win in franchise history? You know, if you feel like, no, it's got to be a playoff game, then you – the argument gets cut off at, at the knees right yeah. there. I don't – a lot of it, um, for me, like let's say that it can be uh, – let's say that it can be a regular season game. It yeah. doesn't have to be a postseason game. A lot of it's going to have to come down to the manner in which the game is played. Like, okay, is this the most important game? I would say no, just in that even in making the playoffs, it's not something that the Texans haven't done before. Where in 2010 – when they clinched the playoff spot uh, against the Bengals in week 14 with TJ Yates as a quarterback, that was more significant. That was a turning point where, okay, this team that had been just nothing but an expansion team-like team for, uh, for eight years all of a sudden took a step with a backup quarterback and, and, and cinched the playoffs. Yeah, I, and I think, too, I'm glad you brought that one up. I think too with that one, like wins can in retrospect become bigger. I think, and if you remember yeah. that season, they didn't win a game after that in the regular season. Like you know, yeah. who knows what happens if they? I, I forget what the division looked like that year. If it was you know, if, I mean, they clinched the division with three weeks to go in the season, so the division probably wasn't very good. But they lost their next three games after that. You know what I mean? So so it, it kept them from having to. You know, if they had lost that Cincinnati game, then all of a sudden the the pucker factor goes up as the season kind of moves into week uh-huh. fifteen uh-huh. and sixteen and and seventeen. Um, I think with this game, I agree with you on the manner the game plays out. You know, kind of plays out. Um, that that adds to the magnitude of it. Like we all, we remember more Jose Altuve hitting a walk off home run than we do them against the Yankees and we do them winning game seven of the world series against the Dodgers because you know, that game was like five to one or something like that. Um, but I think too, with this game, I feel like the upside of this game for the Texans far, far, far exceeds the downside of losing this game. Like if you lose this game, you still feel like, okay, this was a, this was definitely a, a turnaround year. Still, you still feel really yeah. good about the team going into next year. They're like, they honestly, 
they they really from a like a like a long term trajectory standpoint, there's really nothing to lose with this game. You know, unless something unless something bad happened in the game to somebody physically. Um, there's really like perception wise for the franchise nothing to lose. Whereas I think a win, like wow, now you're double digit wins. You might win the division. You're in the playoffs. This this team would be in the playoffs. I saw a I saw a stat yesterday, Seth. The Texans. This is before the, the game. As far as Saturday's game doesn't even matter for what I'm about to say. They're the second team in NFL history to have a winning record directly following three straight seasons of 12 or more losses. In NFL oh. history. Oh, so usually there's a slow build into it. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. When you've been losing extra, that much. They had, they had one extra game to to lose 12 games last year. Uh, they lost 13 games last year. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah. it didn't matter. They, yeah, they went, they went for just for the numbers' sake here. They went 4-12 and in Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson's last season here in 2020. Yeah. They went 4-13 and under David Culley. They went 3-13-1 last year. Okay. So yeah, and yeah, it's and it's point. twelve or more losses. So that's that's the stat. So that was a, yeah, that's not a big deal. Yeah. Okay, all right. So good job then. Yeah, no asterisk Second in needed. history. Yeah, and that uh, that thing that I've dreamed about since I was a kid that one day my team would become the first team to have uh, to go to the playoffs or win the have a winning record. to have a winning record to have a winning record directly following after three straight games. It's every kid's plus. dream, man. Every that's kid. a- <laughs> yeah, yep. That is uh, that is uh, that's a it's a remarkable turnaround. Then I mean because. I think you're accustomed to thinking, okay, well, this team came back from whether it's the Lions one year or whomever in other years where they come back from a, a really bad season the year before and have a surprise winning season. But it, there was something about the nature in which the Texans had been losing the last few years. It was particularly gruesome yes. and felt like they were institutionally doomed yeah. that uh, it's, it's that much more impressive that they turn it around. Yeah, I, I would say, too, about this game, I agree with you. I, I, I would say, too, about this game, like if it, it's got the potential to be put up alongside the T.J. Yates game you're talking about and the first win in franchise history over the Cowboys. I think anytime we talk about regular season wins in franchise history, those are the two that get brought up the most. Clinching yeah. the first division and getting that inaugural win that you were part of uh, in 2002 against the Cowboys. I think this this one has the potential. Like we, If the game plays out a certain way where it's very memorable, uh, that we could come in on Monday this week and say that this is as big or bigger than either of those two, depending this, on how it plays out. I feel like the first win, like I told you, I felt like that first win in franchise history, history felt like a, like a commemorative coin where it was a really, really cool, and yet it didn't necessarily have as much value as you bought it for, just because you know we'd gone on to win four games that year, and it was a long time before the Texans would make the playoffs. But it was just an official coronation of an actual NFL franchise, and you did it by beating the the in-state Dallas the hated Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, that part was really really cool. I just like I'm eternally grateful that I was like able to be a part of that environment and everything. It was just one of the most unique and awesome things I've ever been involved in. Um, but at the same time. It, it just didn't have the significance of being on an actual like championship caliber team or something. Yeah. So that was like a commemorative coin. If the, I feel like if this was, uh, if the, if CJ Stroud has a great game and the Texans win this game and they go to the playoffs in a year, which very, very, very few people thought they could even have a winning record. That would be like, um, that would be like, uh, the, Steve Jobs meeting uh, the 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 other one the Wozniak guy there uh, like it's like the very beginning it could it could be something really awesome yeah you know yeah was it Steve or was it Jeff Wozniak I, I don't remember Steve's yeah no I, yeah I'm, I'm not tell sure. me computer people yeah text in 
Um, I'm looking up at the TV screen in the studio, or I was moments ago while uh, Get Up was still on, and they were doing a segment, like a fact or fiction segment. And one of the, I think it was Kimberly Martin, was one of the the, uh, the panel on there. And the fact or fiction was, fact or fiction, the Texans will make noise in the AFC playoffs. Oh, that's a, you know, we haven't even stopped to really consider that about the chance of them actually making a push in the playoffs. She said fact. Like, yeah. She said fact. Oh, she said fact? She yeah. said she thinks they will. Yeah, yeah. Make noise. Make say, but you, you and I haven't talked about that. No, no, no. So what do you think? Um. Yeah. Well, let's see. Who are their playoff? Who are their wins versus playoff teams this year? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know what? Like that, and and that can be a little misleading, only because like they beat. I think their biggest the, win of the year was Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Well, the Bengals were yeah. Like, hypothetically, with Joe Burrow, the Bengals are a you know. Yeah. Here, here are the obviously. here are the wins. That's a good question. Like okay, so their ability to to compete in the postseason. Have they faced? Have they beaten any of the types of teams? that they're going to have to beat if they're going to win a playoff game. Because they, they're going to play one of three teams. They're either going to go to Buffalo, they're going to go to yeah. Kansas City, or they're going to play Cleveland at home. <laughs> They've only played one of those three teams. Cleveland uh, just absolutely well. destroyed them. Yeah. The, the Ravens, so as far as playoff caliber teams, the, the Ravens, was it was a more one. competitive team, I think. It was a more competitive game than, than perhaps the score looks, but they, they roundly beat the Texans. But those were, those were two different teams. I think both those teams are better than they were in week one. I mean, the Ravens are about to clinch. They clinched both the one the, seed. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Ravens and the Texans. Uh, the Steelers were roundly beaten by the Texans. Yep. Um, Jacksonville, in, Jacksonville in yeah. Jacksonville in week three. Yeah. So Jacksonville, Pittsburgh. These are the wins I would say. I would say are good wins. Not great wins, but good wins. Blew out Jacksonville in Jacksonville. Blew out Pittsburgh at home. Beat New Orleans at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Orleans is, you know, they're hovering around the playoff picture in the NFC. Uh, beat Tampa, Did the Jets make the playoffs? Beat Tampa Bay at home. I'll get to them. Uh, beat Cincinnati on the road. And beat Denver at home when Denver was still kind of a hot team. They had won five in yeah. a row at that point. Uh, so no, no, no world beaters on there. Unfortunately. No, no world beaters, but I, and like everything came down to the wire. Except, well, okay, I shouldn't Most say of that. Them. There were so many games that came down to yeah. the wire. You know, and that this like the Texans easily could have eleven wins right now. They could easily have seven wins too. Um, but it did feel like it felt it felt like the record reflected pretty much where they are as a team right now. The biggest question, really, as far as making a push in the playoffs, I would have felt. A hell of a lot more confident that they could if Tank Dell were healthy. Yeah, I think yeah, that's just yep, the one missing yep. piece. This this defense doesn't feel solid and genuinely good enough to support an offense that really only has one playmaker other than C.J. Stroud, and that's Nico Collins. So um, I would say, I, depending on what your definition of push is, I guess for me a definition of like actually being a threat is to at least make the AFC ch- uh, championship game. Yeah, and I just. I'd be really surprised. I'm not saying they can't. Like anything can happen. Um, I'd be really, really surprised if they make it to the AFC Championship. I think they can win a playoff game. I think, yeah, like, I think yeah. divisional round is, oh, the, is, yeah, is the ceiling for yeah. this team. Yeah, I, I yeah. think winning multiple games because they're gonna, in all likelihood, have this. We know, in all likelihood, they're gonna have to go on the on the road in the second round of the playoffs. At least, mm-hmm. you know, unless some really, I don't. I think they would have to. Yeah, right. Like just the math would say they'd have to, unless the two and the three seed both got knocked out in the wild card round. Then they would have to go on the road at, yeah, the, well, no, at, the, late, at the latest yeah. in round two of the playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean if the Texans win the division, then anything can happen. If they're the final, if they're the last seed, then they're yeah, they're SOL. But yeah. the, winning the division changes everything. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see. I mean, unless you're somebody who feels like you'd rather go on the road and face Buffalo or Kansas City, 
instead of playing Cleveland at home. There, there I mean, there are there are plenty of people that feel that way. Like that, the division actually winning the division is is more treacherous in getting cut off at the knees because of who you're playing in that game and playing Cleveland. Yeah, you, you I and I don't uh, think that way. You and I are. The I don't. Same yeah, I don't like overthinking it that way. I, you know what it is? I came into this. I came into this business during a stretch in which the like road teams were doing really well in the NFL playoffs or winning the Super Bowl without home field advantage. And all the narrative with that point was like, ah, it looks like home field advantage just flat out doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And then you end up going through a stretch where nobody but, but home seeds or, or, or home advantages are winning and it, it just flips on its ear. So over time, I just I feel better about playing at home and as a fan, I just enjoy actually being able to watch the team. Somebody's asking, can they play Miami in the first round? They can't. Mathematically, it can't happen. They, it just the, the way, the, the, way the, the standings stack up and the way the matchups stack up this weekend, there's, there's only three possibilities at Buffalo, yeah. at Kansas City, home for Cleveland. That's it. Of the division winners, I mean, it is, look, the Dolphins, nobody really knows what the hell the Dolphins are especially now without Chubb uh, on the team. They, they, they've had their issues defensively. The offense just is either like the best offense that's ever existed or it's sometimes just kind of boring. Um, and then the Chiefs, we all know about the Chiefs' issues and problems and fall to just being an above-average team this year. I, that's where I'm saying I don't I, – I have a hard time really believing that this team could win <clears throat> two games, but – it's not like it's a murderer's row once they get to that second row. It just all falls into whether they have to play the Ravens or the Bills. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 exactly right. The, the Ravens or the Bills. Yeah, boy, catching the, the dysfunctional Chiefs would not be the worst thing in the world. But, um, but uh, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm I am uh, I'm hoping they win Saturday. Obviously for for the postseason. But think how much fun that'll be too, Seth. If they win on Saturday. To get up on Sunday morning and have the Jacksonville Tennessee game to look forward to as well. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like it's yeah. it's, it's almost a, like a, a win gives us a, a double header of sorts. Yeah, yeah. Because for those who don't know, if the Titans, if the Texans win and the Titans beat the Jags, then your Texans get to hang a seventh AFC South division banner at NRG Stadium in the parade of other AFC South banners since <laughs> 2011. Hey, did you notice that one? We've got one of those AFC South champion banners that's like a little off color up in the stadium. Have it's not, not noticed. like the oldest one or anything. Not noticed. I pointed it out. To I don't look. I, I don't. Distracted yeah, about I, 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 I don't. Know. I don't look at them, Seth, because I'm focused on winning a Super Bowl someday. I, I, I ignore I, them. I know that. I mean, I did. I did show it to you, but um, I. You just don't remember. It was insignificant. It was insignificant in your mind. Yeah. Uh, the so the the Titans game is meaningful on Sunday. As far as just for sheer entertainment value, I mean, I, I wish I could get into Broncos Raiders. Ah, I think I can kind of get into Broncos Raiders. Well, I, just I, I have one. I, I like Jared Stidham. I, yeah. like, I, like, I, I like Jared Stidham, so I, I'll, I'll keep an eye on that game just to see if he maybe you know does enough to secure the starting job for next year. The, the, the one I'm curious about is we all know that the Cowboys have struggled versus good teams on the yeah. road. Yeah, The Cowboys versus the Commanders. On the road, weirder things have happened than teams that have absolutely nothing to play for with lame duck coaches and a bunch of players that that don't want to be there. Uh, have have won the final game of the season versus playoff teams who have something to play for. Am I crazy to think there could be a dynamic in Washington in that game where Ron Rivera is well liked by his players, but we've yeah. known for two months that he's going to get fired at the end of the year? So they want to go win one for the Gipper. They, they win one for the River. 
Yeah, for the, for the, for the Ronster. Yeah. For the curiously nicknamed Riverboat Ron, yeah. who's actually pretty conservative <laughs> in conservative his decision-making. In yeah. everything that he does, yes. Most boring gambler. Riverboat Ron. Hey, where can I find this Dude. Riverboat Ron? I want to gunfight him. Dude. Oh, he's actually overworking in the coat check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron takes even money every time the dealer has an ace showing and you've got blackjack. He doesn't, he doesn't let it play out. Um but uh, do but am I crazy that there could be a dynamic in Washington where they want to send him off with a win, especially against the Cowboys in a rivalry game like that? No, you know, not at all. I don't get the think best so. version of the whatever the best version of the Commanders is. But it's like anything else in life. Sometimes uh, altruism doesn't create the fiercest warriors. Yeah, you got to be um, good at football. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get you it. Know, they, you know, like those guys that win on Wall Street. Yeah. You know how altruistic they are. <laughs> They're just uh, doing it for for the love of their their manager yep. and everything. Yeah, yep. I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah, the the schedule. There's not a ton of intrigue on the on the. Uh, on the schedule, that's why the Texans winning would be a whole lot of fun because we get some intrigue in that early game well, with Jacksonville and Tennessee. Bills, uh, Bills at Dolphins on Sunday, Sunday night, night is, is going to be that'll be fun. That that yeah. is a ton of intrigue there because depending on how depending on how the day plays out, Buffalo could wind up either well depending on how the weekend plays out in Buffalo, or out of the playoffs. If Pittsburgh yeah. if Pittsburgh beats Baltimore on yeah. Saturday then Buffalo is playing for their lives. And if they win, they're the AFC East champs, and they're the two seed. And if they lose, they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, so they're either two seed or out, or out. in that scenario. How crazy is that? It's such a weird year for Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange. And yet, yeah, they're like, I, 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 it's, it's hard to figure a lot of things this year. I think some of it, I don't know, I'm going to do a podcast discussion about the way defenses are playing. But it's just harder. It's just, you don't feel... Um, there's not that same shock and awe with even the good teams this year. No. Everybody seems fallible except for the Ravens. That's why the Texans might make some noise. Who knows? I mean, they got to win on Saturday, obviously. But, man, it's fun to think ahead to what the matchups could look like once you, once you get into the dance. Hey, join the drive with Sterner and Hughley and our friends at Bud Light this afternoon. Buffalo Wild Wings in Sugarland, right off Highway 6 for Thirsty Thursday. Wings, cold drinks, great prizes, courtesy of our friends at Bud Light. It's Thirsty Thursday with the drive and our friends at Bud Light this afternoon at Buffalo Wild Wings in Sugarland. Up next, Bobby Slowick. Is Bobby Slowick's name a hotter name now as a head coaching candidate than it was a month ago? It is on at least one list we're looking at, and we'll talk about that next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, is Bobby Slowick a hotter head coaching candidate now than he was a month ago? Sounds weird to say because C.J. Stroud's been missing for a couple of weeks and they haven't put up crazy, crazy offensive numbers uh, really since the middle of the season when they had those back-to-back 30-point games uh, against Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. I mean, they've been decent offensively, but not to the level they were in those two games. Um, But I'm looking at a list, Seth. I'm looking at a list on CBSSports.com from Tyler Sullivan, one of their NFL writers. And this was wild to me. He's got the top 15 head coaching candidates for 2024, and he includes current head coaches who might be moving on to other to other jobs, like current head coaches in the NFL. So it's not just a, it's not just a list of 15 coordinators. It's got big names on the list. And he, I'm going I'm to go down the list until we get to Slowick, and this is what was okay. wild to me, okay? So um, you're starting at 15? I'm starting at one, actually. I'm, I'm one, going and along I'm gonna, with you. Okay, I'm you're gonna, going to one. Okay. I'm going to start at number one, and I'm going to count, okay. count down to Slowick here. Okay. Bill Belichick, Ben Johnson – Ben Johnson, OC in Detroit. Jim Harbaugh. Ooh. Brian Johnson, offensive coordinator, Philadelphia. Dan Quinn, DC, Dallas Cowboys. Lou Anarumo, DC, Cincinnati Bengals. Number seven on the list, a list that includes Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick, is Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans. And uh, notably, I guess it's also interesting to see who follows him because some of these guys have had their name in the in the blender for Absolutely, a while. Yeah, uh, Gerard Mayo, who was a person of interest for the Texans, but is largely believed by many to be kind of like the the king in waiting there heir in apparent, New England. Yeah, yep. uh, heir apparent—that's a good way to say it. Eric Bieniemy, who did uh, did good things with the Commanders' offense this year, despite their other relative impotence. Mike McDonald, who's a defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Mike Vrabel, and Ijiro Ivaro, um, defensive coordinator for the Panthers. He was also interviewed by the Texans earlier this yes, season. Yes, Lloyd's ahead of all these guys that you're naming on yeah. this list. I mean, it's just yeah. one. It's just one person's opinion, but it is. It is still hard to find a list that doesn't include Bobby Slowick on it uh, for for this cycle of head no, coaching. And I think, too, the first objection I get from people when I bring this up is usually, hey, well, no, nobody's going to hire him. He doesn't have enough experience. In the Kubiak-Shanahan system alone, there are four guys who only had one year of experience as a play caller. Um, Matt LaFleur was – no, it was Stefan – one of those guys was a was a coordinator for two different places, the Rams and the 49ers, but was only the actual offensive coordinator um, one time. My, I mean, Mike McDaniel was the supposedly offensive coordinator for the 49ers, but we know how that goes. Yeah, LaFleur Lef- um, Lef- Lef- was the one you were thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, LaFleur and then a few of these other guys have really only had one year as a, a coordinator before they get hired. Um, Mike Vrabel had one really, really bad Awful year as the defensive coordinator of the Texans, and he got job, the job with the Titans the next year. Yeah, and and you can see with I mean Vrabel's got a charisma haver of it. I believe yeah. is yeah he he's, he's got What's a Vrabel he, like he's got a charisma about him where he could you know kind of sell him even if he had the thirty second ranked defense. You sit in a room with Mike Vrabel, you're like you you lose track of what his defense actually did last year because he's he's got an aura about him. You know he was able to sell the Titans on giving him that job. He's got know? that he's got that Dan Campbell. Um, 
quality yeah. about him. Yep. Just where like the, the leader of men, haver of it. Yeah. Which is one thing. I mean, that's what kind of hooked the Roonies on Mike Tomlin because Mike Tomlin had. I think just two years of experience as a defensive coordinator um, before he got that job, and he was very, very young. But they said that just when he walks in the room, he's just got a certain presence about him. Slowick's not that guy, um, although he is way more charismatic and engaging than than advertised. I think it might be a guy that maybe when he was when he was working as an underling, he just you know knew his role and was kind of quiet about everything. He's been very, very comfortable in front of the. The, the media. Not that that should be a huge factor, but it does translate into the kinds of things that owners want to see. And, you know, I, I've seen enough of Bobby Sloak now to feel like, man, if he sat down with some owners, he's going to tell them some really good stuff. Like, he's, he's, got a, he's got a very interesting perspective and view of how to approach the game of football. He's very much uh, an X's and O's strategy guy, but Unlike a lot of those guys that maybe you think are kind of football nerdy, I, he really respects and appreciates the importance of just coaching. Yeah, of just flat out like, okay, how do I how do I communicate this? Is is it is is it possible for these guys to execute this? Like he very much understands the player side of things, and if he chooses to interview this year, you know he's new in the like his hat's only been in the ring for one year theoretically. I'd be surprised if he got the job, but I think he might get some good experience interviewing with people, and it's going to put his name on the radar. He, he, do, he, if he gets offered interviews, he should 100% take them. I mean, yeah. that, that interviewing is a skill, and you got to hone it. Oh, you know, yeah. So you might you thinking he might just be like a Ben Johnson, where like Ben Johnson got some interviews last year, and he ultimately pulled himself out. He said so because he wanted to, you know, finish what they started in Detroit. It might have also been that look at that point. The, the Texans had a horrible reputation. Um, you know, sometimes guys look around and they just don't feel like the, the circumstances are right. I, I think more importantly, you know who else did that? D'Amico Ryans. You know, more, as, as, the year as, before he pulled himself yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. As pertains to Slowick, I think D'Amico actually doing that is something that I wouldn't shock me if they've discussed that at some point. Like, okay, how did you go about your journey to you know get what? to being a head coach? Yeah, that's true. Because I, I, think, I think sometimes, I think I myself and others – kind of discount that because we just assume that it's PR spin. You know, a guy doesn't get offered any job, so he says, well, yeah, I wanted to focus on it. But if you think about it, you get really down to ground level and put yourself in that situation. You know, Slowick, I don't know when Slowick knew when he was going to get his chance to be an offensive coordinator. And, you know, he knew that he knew that D'Amico was going to bring him with him, but he didn't know when that was going to be. And realistically, he probably, it's very possible that he hasn't put as much thought into the process of becoming a head coach as he would be comfortable doing. Right. Like, like it might just feel way too rushed. He's probably focused everything on learning to be an offensive coordinator this year. Maybe hadn't thought a bit about beyond being an offensive coordinator headed into last season. And uh, I could totally see him saying like, well, look, I don't want to go somewhere and fail. Um, you know, it's not just a guarantee that you're going to get another opportunity anywhere else. So yeah. Okay. I would say, Hmm. I, I think I was 50-50 on this for a long time. I would say there's only a 25% chance that he even actively wants an NFL head coaching job right now. Yeah. I think, he, I think that's a, it's a really good point, Sean. I think he wants to wait at least. Yeah, I, I think he does too. And, then, and yet I still think if he gets offered interviews, he should take them. He yes. should he should do the interviews 100%. For the other reason is hey maybe he gets a pay raise out of the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you hey, I 
one way to get him off of this head coaching market, give him some more bread, and then he can go be a head coach next year. You know, Cal's on his walk right now, listening to you on the app and thinking, "Shut up, Sean! <laughs> Will you this. shut the ever-loving mouth up?" Um, I've driven by the McNair's house during Christmas. I can confirm the lights have remained on because they've got Christmas lights galore on that. <laughs> their house is you've, covered in Christmas lights. You've cased their house during Christmas. I've driven past the, their house the before, are, yeah. Too many lights there's, there's, I have to drive past their house to go to certain places that I like to go to, yeah. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you do you buy John McClain's story that when the McNairs first bought the team that he, that he dressed up as a gardener and grabbed a... I, I choose to believe it. I choose to believe it. He said he grabbed a rake, noticeably not a not a leaf blower, but a rake, and uh, walked up to the house and was able to to case the spot out that way. Has he? Okay, I'm going to use this today. We do the podcast today, John and I do, yeah. and two, Thursdays are our day where we do a segment called For Real or Fugazi, <laughs> and I'm going to bring this up and see if he reconfirms that he actually did that. We live in Houston, Texas. Yeah. John McClain saying that he blended in as a gardener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, darker hair on back then a, on maybe. a hot day i'm guessing i don't even remember what time of year it would have been but it was probably hot they tell you that somebody were gonna look at that scene and be like oh it's an awfully that's an awfully big gardener <laughs> like that's not that doesn't wow that, uh, that guy it's uh, it's impressive that he can sustain that kind of lifestyle of working 10 hours a day in the heat i don't know but man. Uh, he finds a way to stay i'll, hungry, I'll I guess. ask yeah. him I'll, I'll ask him uh, i'll ask him again today on the on the podcast hey one more thing on slowick here let me um let me bounce this off of you um because the the article i'm looking at here says all the things you would think like a 30,000 foot article about bobby slowick would say yeah. in the paragraph talks a lot about cj stroud and the shanahan coaching tree and this and that um but they don't mention anything about the Texans' run game. And anytime Slowick wound up on a list earlier in the season, you and I, you know, on a national list, you and I and others would always push back on, look, they can't even run the football right now. You're ready to hire this guy as a head coach. Let's slow down. Yeah. Had the Texans done enough in improving their rushing game where you would feel more comfortable about that aspect of Slowick if you were evaluating him as an NFL owner to be your head coach? I think he's going to have a really good answer for it um and he actually talked about it yesterday when he was asking a question answering a question about Chris Strausser the offensive line coach and talked about how this is a completely different scheme than Strausser had been in yeah um so when it comes to outside zone and everything like there was a lot that there's a lot of bringing two worlds together and we certainly saw that with Damian Pierce you know Damian Pierce um with this specific brand of an outside zone based scheme there's a lot that he still you know Damian told us or told you um you know that he needs to figure some things out so i think the integration the like the implementation of this scheme is no simple thing the fact that they made as much progress as they did over the course of the season i think it could be could be presented as a positive and then i think he can also go to various other instances of teams where you know whether it's Atlanta or otherwise where um you know really the the, the packers too because the packers offense under Lafleur didn't really take off until the second year it usually takes a couple years for it to really kick in yep um and like so i think that i think he's got a good answer for that i think that uh, i think there would be a lot of owners that would be placated i guess by that, yep. that answer all right, Slowick is somebody who's got a ton to gain by being on a primetime stage. I think there's three others that also have a ton to gain by the, gain by being on this primetime stage. 
for the Houston Texans. We'll get to that. What are we looking for on the injury report today as well with the Texans? We'll get to all of that as we uh, roll on here on a Thursday. Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. And we just said Bobby Slowick's got a ton to gain from playing on this big stage on Saturday. We're, we're going to dig into the, the nuts and bolts of the game a whole lot tomorrow as we get you ready for Saturday night. Colts and the Texans. 7.15 kick. Seth and I have you 4.15 for Texans countdown. And then Clint and I will hopefully take you on a victorious journey into the wee hours of Sunday morning. Um, after a Texans win in the post game oh, show yeah. on Saturday night, yeah, that's nice that you get to do a night game and do the post game show without having to get up uh, two hours later to right. Do show. Yeah, Saturday, baby. Yeah, we like With that. A flighty co host. And this is what I'm hopeful for. I am hopeful because if I'm if I'm guesstimating here, the game kicks off at seven fifteen, which you know that'll be three hours. So ten fifteen, the game will end. And when it's a post-game show and there's no Sunday night football, usually we just have to stay until 6.30 for Sunday night football, regardless of how long the Texans game actually goes. Yeah. When there's when it's open-ended like it is on this Saturday night, we'll probably, Ben, what do you think? Probably be done by like 1 or one fifteen somewhere around there? Yeah, probably about 1. Probably about 1. So I'm hoping to make it to one of the local taverns here for a celebratory drink with what I hope are jubilant Texan fans that are still out carousing that their professional football team has made the postseason for the first time in several years. That's my hope. I wish and pray that we get a win on Saturday because then I can it's, do uh, post-game celebratory drink on the way home. Just one. Just one. And yeah, I might yeah. even Uber from there just to be safe. And then Jags, Tennessee, Sunday morning. I was um, – Sunday afternoon. I was talking to – he probably doesn't want me putting his business – I was talking to a local media member – sports media member who uh when when the rockets won the championship uh for the first time his son was a teenager at the time and he went out and and hung out on richmond after uh afterwards and uh he he came home just wide-eyed at the things he had seen <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the that was the spot back in the 90s yeah 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 and it was also like he uh yeah it was a plus and there were no phone cams back then kids uh stuff people would do stuff in public and know that it wasn't gonna end up you know all over somebody's instagram or something so um i don't think you're gonna get quite that if the texans win a play-in game sean but you might have a you might have a good old time. Though. Yeah, no, I, it's it'll be. I'll probably be stopping at one of the places I usually go to, anyways, because I live fairly close to the station. Yeah. And I'm just hoping. I'm honestly just hope there's like five or six people who I sit and talk Texans with 
four or five times a week at this particular place. And I'm just hoping they're there so that we can all celebrate together. So back when Richmond was big like that, like when that was a spot in the 90s, was it also, though, were the were, were the the um, the gentlemen's clubs already there, too? Yes, or was that, some of them. That yeah. come in, okay, so some everything was all kind of intermingled. Okay. Yep, yep, yeah, no zoning. <laughs> no zoning. <laughs> um, right, I just didn't know if that kind of, like, if it was the hot spot, and then as it moved out, everything kind of got backfilled in with a little bit of the more scintillating entertainment. No, no, sure. they, okay. they were kind of interspersed. That, okay. That's about when I moved here. I moved here in 94, so it was right during those Rocket Championships, and I lived over in West Chase, so yeah, no, it was all commingled. Um, Slowick stands a lot to gain with this game. My other three that I cited earlier that I think have the most to gain by the stage the Texans are on, Will Anderson Jr. I, I think Will Anderson Jr. can win the Defensive Rookie of the Year with a big game on Saturday. Yeah. I, yeah, that's uh, it, especially, especially given the circumstances of both the Texans, um, the fact that, like, if they can if they can make the playoffs on the strength of an equal like a, a defensive performance um, as much as a, as much of as a, as a, an offensive performance and then if you look at will's main competitor um, the Eagles the Eagles have just fallen apart and yeah, the Jalen Carter is just, who you're talking yeah, about. yeah. Uh, oh yeah sorry Jalen Carter um, is on a defense that's fallen apart over the second half of the season and I think that it's not like it's his fault or anything, but the perception, I think, uh, the perception before was kind of like, wow, they were already awesome, and now you're taking this rookie who's destroying people. They're going to be unstoppable, and that hasn't been the case. If Will Anderson is part of a resurgence of the Texans and his numbers, he's a defensive end versus Jalen as a, 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 a interior defensive lineman, so Will Anderson's numbers should be better, but sometimes... Sometimes the voters don't take that into account, and Will Anderson's numbers, uh, especially if he gets a couple sacks on Saturday, are going to be way better it's, than Jalen's. Yeah, it, it's funny to feel this way. Like, again, America's going to get acquainted with Will Anderson, who yeah. was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year twice at Alabama. Like, they know Will Anderson, but they don't know Will Anderson, the Houston Texans. Uh, Texan. I think similarly, I feel like, okay, well, now America's going to finally get to see Derek Stingley Jr., who was the best freshman cornerback that we've seen in the last 25 years on a national championship team at LSU. Now, Stingley has been far more off the grid since that 2019 season. Yeah, You know, I mean, Will's missed a couple games this year. That's it. But Will was always available at Alabama. Stingley's been much more hit or miss in terms of availability. But I do feel like if Stingley can have a big game, then maybe maybe this sauce versus... I, I feel like the sauce versus Sting thing has died down quite a bit already with Derek mm -hmm. Stingley Jr. not only staying healthy the second half of the season but playing really well but this might be a well, chance to really push it to the back burner I think part of it is that just that you know the Jets defense the Jets defense is still statistically up there I, I think even over the course of the second half of the season as they struggled but it's um it's not as uh, perhaps substantial or imposing as it was. And it's, it's, it's probably not their fault at all. They just have gotten zero offensive support. So it's just less of a story, I think, in general. Um, and much of the Jets, a lot of the oxygen was taken out of the room of the Jets this year by, by Aaron Rodgers yeah. and everything else that was happening. So I don't think he just flat, he just flat out wasn't going to get that same attention. Yep. Stingley, I guess, the, um, I mean, not, not, there's no award to win or anything. No. Uh, but in terms of, yeah, that whole... Nobody's really nobody's really 
saying that the Texans got dunked on or anything right now by taking Derek Stingley. Yeah. It's, I would say people, would, the, the the public at large would still give the edge to Sauce Gardner, but Stingley has worked his way into, oh, okay, yeah, he's he's going to be a legitimately solid and potentially really good uh, or, or awesome cornerback. Yeah, yeah. When he's on the field, he's been really good. The last one is Nick Casario because I think everybody, they know about drafting Stroud and hiring D'Amico and trading up to get Will Anderson, but people watching this game are going to get a look at a team that, that the little moves have been a big reason why they've had such a successful season by their standards. And, you know, it, the, the free agency moves. You know, hopefully Dalton Schultz has a big game on Saturday night. Devin, Singlet- Devin Singletary, not Derek Singletary, like Seth coerced me into saying before. Devin Singletary. Um, thank you. Uh and, and some of the other free agents, some of the other waiver pickups they've made. Nick's had a really good year. He's had a really good 2023 as the general manager for this team. So people will get to see the effects of all the little if, moves they've made. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that, though, because I don't know if um, – like I think even the Patriots, when they basically employed the same strategy for years and years and years with their free agents, it was rare that they would make a big splash. They signed a bunch of one- and two-year guys. Yeah. I don't know if they ever necessarily got credit for that. I think it was always looked at as, okay, well, they fill in the holes around these studs that they do have, where I think seeing it seeing it up close and personal, now I, I can appreciate how hard it is to, to fill all those slots and pieces. But I don't know if the GM always necessarily gets the credit for that. Well, I'm saying within the context of an executive of the year argument. Like two years from now, Nick right, won't get credit for that. <laughs> right, and the people who vote for executive of the year tend to be people that love their bling. So, like, it's just not they're, – they're not – look at – I mean, Ryan Grigson got executive of the year because he traded for Trent freaking Richardson, idiot. So – not you, idiot. Ryan Grigson. Yeah. Like, like the, these, are, these are sports writers who are voting on this, yeah. Sean. They're not rocket scientists. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're yeah. simple creatures. Um, they, they write 500 words a day and act like they, they were out hard rock mining. You know, you know who else um, – this is kind of a, a flip side, like a, like a bizarro version of what we just talked about, like who benefits the most from the big stage. One player I'm hoping has a very good game because he's had a pretty poor season, but he's been able to do it in noon Sunday games. I would like to see Jalen Petrie have a big game on Saturday night. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like Jalen Pete, I like Jalen Petrie has had a rough season. There's just no two ways about it. And I would like the Jalen Petrie that looked like he was really making heavy progress at the end of last year and was you know was was playing better as the season went on last year. I would like that Jalen Petrie to show up on Saturday. Night. I don't know. I think uh, I think in some ways I get the feeling from the Texans coaches that they would prefer maybe a, a boring Jalen Petrie who is more concerned with. Always, um, maybe first and foremost, not making mistakes before you make the splash play. I think Jalen Petrie sometimes he's like he's like if you hired somebody to 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 work in your Oreo factory, and at the end of the day you came and expected that he'd have like a big pile of Oreos manufactured, but instead he was like, you know what I you know what I thought we would try instead is uh, what if we what if we put cheesecake in them instead of instead of uh, the cream filling. And you were like, no, no, I just wanted you to make the Oreos. Yeah, but look at what a splash I made. Like, that's uh, oh, man. a cheesecake on an Oreo sounds pretty good to me. It's a good idea, but you didn't hire him to do that job. True, yeah. And then meanwhile, the contract for Oreos goes unfulfilled because you, <laughs> because you, empty because you, you jumped the cheesecake route. Yeah. All these empty shelves in stores because of Jalen Petrie, the yes. Oreo filler. <laughs> yeah, not everything has to be that. I'm still, I'm still bitter over that time that. 
they <laughs> they had not yet finished a play at the goal line, and Jalen Petrie went running into the tunnel. Yeah, um, that was the, while the play was still going on on the field. That yeah. was the Desmond King stop against Jacksonville. That's uh, right. Desmond right King had been half. back. He came on the field for one play. They stopped. I think it was ETN. Yes. Um, the play was still going, and Jalen Petrie was off, uh, making a spectacle of himself running into the tunnel. <laughs> yes. That was. I thought at that point. I thought. All right. There's um, we got a little bit of an issue in yeah. terms of just uh, kind of doing smart things on the football field. I like yeah. Jalen Petrie a lot. I hope he has a big game. I hope he makes a big play. Cheesecake Oreos or not, I, I don't hope care he if he makes a big play. play. I hope he doesn't screw up. I hope, I hope he, he doesn't blow. I hope he doesn't get benched. I hope he doesn't jump underneath right. routes when he desperately needs to be covering the most dangerous yep. threat. Yep. Like just first, do no harm. I hope. First for, do, I don't want a single damn big play out of I Jalen Petrie. Hope for all of those things as well. And I hope he makes a big play in the game. Jalen Petrie. Tell, you, you brought this up. You feel like you, you, you think sound financial management is just buying more lottery tickets. That's a it's no, not. no. Yeah. The splash play with Jalen Petrie just is a lottery my, ticket. Just got my payout from my fantasy football league that I won this past week. Going to buy $1,000 worth of lottery tickets right after I get out of here. You brought this up earlier this week. Here was D'Amico Ryans on Jalen. He was asked how Jalen Petrie. How's Jalen Petrie been doing? And um, here's D'Amico Ryan's answer. Yeah, Jalen's done a good job for us uh, all throughout the year. Jalen's done a good job. Uh, instinctive player. Uh, finds a way to make plays, be around the football a lot, provides energy to our entire team. Jalen's done a, a really good job for us. Okay. That was the shortest answer of the press conference. <laughs> like, it's hard to yeah. – It's like if D'Amico really likes a player, it's tough to get him to hold back from giving anything less than 30 seconds or 45 seconds on a guy. He gave a, he gave a pretty short and monotone answer about Blake Cashman too. He did? Um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, it actually was – and I thought at the time, I thought, well, maybe that's because of Cashman's injury status or something. He only played 25 snaps in the yeah. game last week. Um but maybe it's uh, maybe it's more than that. He also a had a cl- a clip. I don't have it in front of me here, but I remember hearing this like at the outset of the press conference. He's like, "Yeah, it was great having CJ back and great having Will back." And then he just kind of goes on with the answer. I'm like, "Hey, Blake Cashman was back too. He was he was yeah. back also. He played yeah. 25 snaps or no 25 snaps. Will only played 12. I, you know. I think Cashman. I don't know if like and again, I don't know if his injuries still bother him or whatever. But I didn't um, I didn't see the same. It didn't feel like the same Cashman to me. So no. I don't know. It might just be that he's maybe he's not injured, uh, maybe he's not in the injury report, but he's just not quite just right. Just banged yet. up still. Know. That could be. That could be. What's up, fellas? Howdy, John Lopez, Landry Locker. Howdy, how yeah, are there you? There we go. There we go. What's going on, gentlemen? Uh, nothing. Big game. Big game. Big, 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 big. Little forty-eight hours yeah. plus whatever away. Mm-hmm. Very excited. I just t- I said to Seth, I said my my I this is my itinerary. My hope is that they we do. They win the game. Mm-hmm. I do the post game till like probably about one. Yeah, and then I'm hoping that there's plenty of Texan fans still out and about town. I want to. I want to celebrate this. Oh, you said yesterday playoff berth. Yeah, but yeah. I. But I like. I want to go. I'm hoping they're still out at the bars celebrating because I want to go celebrate with them. That's my yeah. fingers crossed. And then we get Jags Titans on Sunday. That's an interesting point. Is it going to be like a a big celebration? I don't know. That's what I'm. I'm intrigued by it more than anything. Like it. I think it should. That's be. an interesting question because it almost became like, okay, they made the playoffs. I don't think again. so. Yeah, yeah. Business is. I usual, think it's going to be bigger. I hadn't even thought of that. I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's going to be a bigger celebration than we think. You do just because of the Landry new, sounds like it's uh, week twelve it or something over here. It's nah, new again. Nah, just getting into the playoffs, man. I, I think I think once the playoffs hit, it'll be 
Okay, Bill O'Brien. I don't know. That, this is freaking me out because Landry's usually pretty good at getting yeah. excited about stuff that I don't even think about. Like you, you kind of sometimes Landry will come in and I'll listen to the intro of your guys' show and I'm like, oh, we just wasted four hours. Like this is we there's something to be excited about. And now now I now I'm second guessing my I spent four hours being excited. And now I feel like I, I, I'm supposed to be at the library. No, it's it's definitely exciting. I, I just don't know if, like, uh, Sean's going to leave post game and the bars are going to be, you know, 20 deep <laughs> well, with people waiting to go, like, pop champagne for a Texas celebration. That's not what I said. People going to that, pour, that's, yeah, that's pour not, whiskey that's, on their grandfather's I grave. I, I said, I'm it, just yeah. hoping there's Texas fans I, still out. I think they'll still have fireball in stock or something. You know? <laughs> I mean, it is a Saturday night, so. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Oh, they made a full Well, you know what? I'm going to go celebrate. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call you at one in the morning yeah, you and see if you want to join me. Yeah. Oh, I will be fireball for sure. I will be fireball for sure. All right. Well, I plan on celebrating Saturday night. I'm going to I'm going to have a celebratory drink either way because You deserve it, man. You're going to get a Sunday off. You're going to get to chill. That you deserve is, it. I hope I just hope there's games that mean something to us on Sunday. I just don't want to sit and watch meaningless yeah. to Texan fan football. I think Sunday. you should feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I, I think do. you should feel pretty good about it. I do. I do. All right. Um Gentlemen, have a great show. This was Crosstalk, brought to you by DNM Leasing. You're listening to KILT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Seth, antibodies to you. Football Friday tomorrow. Game face ready. Antibodies to you, and don't let nobody kill your buzz, Sean. No, no, it's, it's already buzzing. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Either way. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 